welcome to another exciting adventure of... Tales from the Attic. I am your host, Donnie Salvo. And uh, if you're new around these parts, a ding-dang diddly-doo, this is what I do. I go up into my attic, I reach into a long box, I grab a random comic, I bring it down into the studio slash comic room slash other things and we read it we go through it together and we have and a good time is had by all I'm going to say that's what I'm going to say right there so what do you think of that let me uh, scoot right here before we get started we have to go we have to take care of business and we're going to talk about ants created by Julian Lytle my friend my pal Julian Lytle this glyph-nominated webcomic is the new-age satire and observation on pop culture, politics, and life told by ants. Relevant, clear, clever, crisp, and to the point, Ants is a weekly comic that you can't miss out on. Read it weekly at ants.julianlytle.com. Go do it. And if you see Julian, get a sketch at a con. Do stuff. Nice guy. Do things. Got a sketch from him. Anyway, today, our adventure is Captain Canuck, number 14, April of 1981. That's right. Here we go. And we open up a three-panel grid, and it is Captain Canuck behind a tree. It's been a it's been a week since the alien time field self-destructed, leaving Captain Canuck stranded somewhere in time. The terrain, vegetation, and animal life tells him that he's somewhere on the Canadian Shield. But so far, his search for civilization has been fruitless. We see him leaning up against a tree. Any society, even that of prehistoric savages, our futuristic savants would be welcome. Then we go to a close-up of his face. Soon, living off the land becomes second nature to him, alert to every sound. Scanning the country ahead with unrelenting scrutiny, he marches south. Yet beyond each tree, there's only more trees. Welcome to Canada, Captain Canuck. And then it shows him walking through the forest. The forest stretches before him, endless, immortal. He must go on. And now he's like at a little uh, sun. Sun rises and sets upon scenes of unspoiled beauty. But Captain Canuck's thoughts have turned inward. He's like a little, he's by a little swampland. Now he's on like a highland thing of grass. He dreams of family and friends he has left behind. Whether the future or the past is now lost forever, he smiles, remembering his Indian allies and their battles against the Vikings. What? I don't know what's going on, dude. I really don't. And what do we got here? <sighs> For all he knows, they might be camping just over the next hill. But there's only the forest. It shows a little elk. And then we have a little pan out vision, a vision of mountains and trees and shit. Well, not really shit, but... At last, 
The day comes when even the captain's iron will snaps at the sight of yet another range of mountains. He crashes through the trees, leaping streams and charging up hills until finally he stumbles and falls, exhausted to the ground at the edge of the forest. This is it. This is all we're going to do. We're going to watch this guy in the Captain Canuck costume just walk through the forest of Canada. But what? What's on the outskirts of the forest? <gasps> it's an honest-to-gosh road. Looks like my luck has finally changed, he says. And suddenly, the captain sees a flash of metal in the grass beside him. This is supposed to be what I tripped over. Okay, so I guess he wasn't exhausted and fell to the edge of the forest, like you said in the last panel, you liar. He tripped over a knapsack. Boy, am I glad to see you. Another day in the bush alone, and I would have started talking to myself. Well, guess what, pal? You are talking to yourself, and you're talking uh, to a knapsack, a la Tom Hanks in, in Castaway. So you're going to name the knapsack Wilson? Wilson! I don't know. Where there's plastic, can civilization be far behind? He pulls out a big-ass thermos. And he's like, clean road, clean clothes and a road to follow. Now all I have to do is reach the town ahead and my troubles will be over. Will General Sun be surprised to hear from me? I don't know who that is. But there's like a... um. It looks like there's a body behind him hanging from a tree, so I don't know. So he changes. He's out of the Captain Canuck uh, uniform. He's out. And he's walking, and he's just got regular clothes that he found the knapsack on. Ew. Um, first, I'll call the family and let them know I'm all right. Next, the general. No, next, a first-class dinner. Then I contact CISO. I don't know what that means. Canadian... Interleague Soccer Organization. That's what I'm going with. CISO. Canadian Interleague Soccer Organization. I don't know why he'd call them, but um, shut up. Luckily, the owner of this pack is about my size. Wasn't that nice? Things I like when things work out for people. I'll be able to sleep in the town unnoticed. Unexpectedly, the bush van vanishes. <laughs> giggity, giggity, go. To replace by... Fences and lawns. Welcome to Grassy Lake. Population 815. Come in and stay a while, he reads the sign. Looks like a friendly pl place, but uh, there's nobody there. It's, it's abandoned. Nothing going on. The captain's footsteps echo through the empty streets. Hello? This is crazy. We're going to 815 people disappear to and why? Maybe they knew you were coming. <laughs> Yeah, I've been walking for a long time. You you might be kind of ripe. Everything's locked up except this drugstore. Excuse me, the door was open and nobody was there. A crumpled up newspaper catches the captain's eye. May 24th, 1980. This should tell me what I need to know. Oh no, it says fire raging. 1980, I did time slip after all and I'm stranded here. Stranded! And two armed men come out of nowhere. I thought Canadians didn't have guns. You learn something new every day. <laughs> You're not stuck here, buddy. We still got a couple of trucks to go. We better hurry. This place is supposed to be empty by noon. And Captain Canuck is like, Soldiers, what are you trying to do? 
And he's like, let's get moving. We don't want to be left behind, do you? Come on, mister, move out. And he goes, I don't understand. I'm not going anywhere. And they and there's the door closes and you see whop, path, thud, and someone yells, Sarge! And boom! Half an hour later at a gas station on the edge of town, there's a hot chick who is clearly wearing no bra. God bless Canadia. Hey, it's about time your platoon showed up, she says. We're already late. And holy cow, did I miss a war or something? All these guys got their ass kicked. And Captain Canuck's shirt is ripped. No, the big guy here didn't want to leave town. Lucky for him, he decided to listen to reason. Anyone else going, Sally? So this is Sally. Oh, no, Sally's the one that's... I'm confused because they're colored different. Like, one has brown hair and one has white hair. But it seems to be the same person. I'm confused. You're last. Dump it in the back or we'll leave without you. It's getting hot around here. It's getting hot. And so they go in the back of the truck. And there's a guy, a white guy, with a uh, with sideburns and a uh, small little afro. And he says, here's another volunteer. My name's Ian McGrath. They got me at the unemployment line. And then they have a black dude who really looks like Rick James. I'm not making this shit up. Unity! He says, this is Joseph Schwinn. They picked him up hitchhiking on the Trans the Trans-Canada. And then they have like these two, two burly woodsy guys. And like these brothers are the brothers are Bill and Eric Boyko. They have a store in town. He's all welcome. And then Sleeping Beauty is our only professional Lee, Lee Jensen. Say hello to the man. Oh no, his name's Lynn. Lynn? Len? Len. Yeah, there we go. Len Jensen. Say hello to the men, Len. Huh? So what's your name? How'd they find you? And he says, I'm Tom. Tom Evans. Where would we be taken? Prison? And they said, didn't you tell you you've been drafted to fight the forest fire of the century? So apparently all of Canada is, uh, is, uh, being, um, burned down. Big, huge forest fires and such. And uh, so they get to the, uh, they get to their headquarters or whatever, and everybody gets out, and everybody gets trained. So Captain Canuck is just another anonymous volunteer with hundreds of people moving through the camp each day. It would be easy for him to disappear, but to where? The spark of rebellion has died, leaving Tom content to lose himself in the drudgery of his new work. The sheer physical punishment he forces himself to endure leaves no time for thinking. So he's chopping down stuff, and they're digging holes. And all this other stuff. And uh, the fire covered a quarter of a million acres with a wall of flame 73 kilometers long. 73 kilometers? We don't talk. This is America. We don't talk that way in America. This is America. You, you talking feet and stuff in, in, in miles. You don't talk in kilometers and your centimeters and your milliliters. There were still nights, however, when he lay awake studying his fate. He never came up with any answers, only more questions. So the fire continued to grow. Their motley group of recruits began to work as a team and were given more responsibility. The rattling old Chevrolet delivered them closer to, to the battlefront each day. The temperature has risen to 35 Celsius. 35 degrees Celsius. 
I don't know what that means. Hey, you could join the Catholic Canuck Club, CCC. That's good, because if they spelled that with K's, it could have went a, really the wrong way. Smart, smart move. You could, you could be a member. What do you have to do? Six bucks! A wallet-sized member's card. An eight by a seven by ten membership certificate, suitable for framing, a club member's crest, and a newsletter and a personalized autographed copy of the current issue. Ten percent discount on specific Captain Canuck items. Good for you, buddy. So the so the team is all walking through, and then they're sitting under. They're taking a break. They're just walking through the woods. They're taking a break. One of them sits underneath a tree and he says. Even in the shade, it's like an oven. My God. And then he looked up, and he's like, My Lord, a parachutist. He's not moving, though. So Rick James says, Someone better climb up the scene. Then Grizzly Adams says, You wanna? We'll report it and let the Rangers handle it. And then all of a sudden, Evans, where do you think... That's Captain Canuck. Where do you think you're going? And he's just doing... He's got a rope, and he's doing crazy flippies. And he's on top of the tree, and he's unlashing the dude. And he brings him down to the ground. He says, no sound, signs of fall play. It looks like the fall broke his neck. And then all of a sudden, he pulls out a gat. He's got a pistol. A Webley Mark Six, Fully loaded. He wasn't jumping for sport. Maybe he was a skydiving hunter. Maybe that's a new sport. You don't know. So the hot chick, whose name I already forgot. Um... She's in front of her truck. She's like, what the heck are you guys doing out here? And uh, one of the guys says, don't go over there, Sally. Oh, that's her name, Sally. We found a body. He's got some some kind of package tied to his side, okay? Well, I've never seen a real stiff before. Oh, boy, that's too easy. I'm not going after the easy ones. It's a doll made out of lead, eh? It's an Aztec relic, you hoser. It's not lead, it's platinum. I don't know how much platinum is worth right now, eh? And the and the chick, of course, Sally knows, right? Chicks know. $675 an ounce. Then this doll must be worth at least $500,000 for its metal alone. Wow, he's good. The Captain Canuck's good with the math. We, get our, we better get back. This is obviously a criminal matter and should be turned over to the authorities. We gotta send him to the Mounties, right then? It's too late now, Sally says. It'll be dark before we get halfway to HQ. Let's camp here tonight and start back at first light. Oh, she knew how much that shit was worth in an ounce. I think she's going to try and steal it. Something's going to happen. So everybody reluctantly agrees, okay? Everybody's camping out. Uh, Captain Canuck is passed out. And then the thud of running feet shock him awake. What? As he tries to rise... They're too quick. They pound on him senselessly to the ground. They're hitting him with shovels. And and then these two silhouetted figures say, Do you think he's dead? If not, he will be soon. They threw him off a cliff into a river. I think it's a river. It's a body of water of some kind. And then he splashes in there. And then all of a sudden he, he pops up. And he's like, Oh, my head. He's got a big old lump. And, uh... It's an achievement just standing up, but he knows he can't stop there. He says, 
what a prize fool I am, taken like a rookie. And he starts scaling the cliff. Captain Canuck, Captain Canuck ain't nothing to fuck with. Now there's two would-be murderers stuck out in the middle of nowhere with half a million in loot. Ah, see, there's two would-be murderers stuck out there in the middle of nowhere with half a million in loot and five witnesses, see? And if I don't catch up to them there, soon there's no telling what they'll do next. And amateurs, yeah, see, amateurs, they're always the most unpredictable, eh? So he, he truds back, well, he truds back to, uh, to where they were uh, camping and the tire tracks were going. And they smashed the radio and threw it out. And they're on their way in. By looking at the tire tracks, he could tell they're on their way into Grassy Lake. Toward the fire. And it's Sally. I've only got about an hour. They've only got an hour head start in that clunker of a truck. But if I go through the bush, we should reach town in the same time. How about that? So, um, there we go. Boom. We're at the town. And uh, one of the volunteers said, man, it's stupid just to sit here until we fry. What makes you think Sally knows what she's doing? And it's Rick James, and it's the, the, the white guy with the after the construction worker. So it's Rick James and one of the village people. Okay, Boyko. Finally got through. They're sending a copper to pick us up. We don't have to do what she says, says the village person. We don't have much choice that Evans really screwed things for us. And Rick James says, yeah, if she and, and Len hadn't insisted on coming here first instead of HQ, we'd be free and easy right now. And so the village person says, what are we supposed to do, just sit here until we fry? And she says, unless you got any better ideas, even if we, even if we weren't low on gas, you couldn't outrun the fire in a, tr in the, in a truck anyway. Not, long, not along these roads. You want to keep busy? You can find Len and tell him the news. I'm going back to Boko's radio. So, Sally turns and she sees a glimpse of a familiar figure inside the drugstore. So she kicks open the door. Pulling a gun from her purse, she kicks open the door. She goes, Police, freeze! And it's Captain Canuck in full Canuck in uniform. If it isn't Tom Evans who stands before her, she goes, What the? Don't stand there silhouetted in the doorway. If I had a gun, you'd be dead by now. Pretty shoddy training, you pr provincial, provincial, providential police. Pretty shoddy training, you providential police get. Weren't you warned not to let a subs suspect get within reach of your gun? And she says, yes, sir, at the RCMP Academy, sir. Hold it a minute. Now listen, you're my prisoner. So she's a cop? She should wear a bra. No, she should. Um, you're my prisoner. So cut the cute stuff, Evans, or whatever you're supposed to be. He goes, I'm supposed to be Captain Canuck. I know you've never heard of me, me being a Canadian superhero, and this being Canada and all. <laughs> I know you've never heard of me, and that's okay. What's more important is capturing Boyko before he kills all of you and gets away with the doll. Boyko? Yes, Boyko. This is, this is his bankrupt store we're standing in. The temptation was too much for him, so he and his brother framed me. I think you could at least search him. Well, so they're working together. And, um... They're walking out of the drugstore, and then across the way, 
Captain Canuck sees the shine of a scope, which means a rifle, which means, and someone takes a shot, and he knocks down Sally, the cop, and now they're hiding, hiding behind her truck, and there's shots fired, and she goes, I guess this proves you're one of the good guys, eh? And he goes, what it proves is we're in a mess. Bill and Eric shouldn't have started shooting if they already taken care of the others. There's one chance. We're pinned down now, but they weren't expecting two of us. Create a diversion, and I'll rush them on the other side. And she she just pops out of the back in her girly, in her Daisy Dukes and her tank top or with her boobs hanging out. She goes, go, and she starts firing. And again, I didn't think Canadians had guns. He's doing all kinds of flippies and jumpies. They're shooting at him, but he gets into the room. He, I mean, uh, by the building. And he goes around behind the back alley. And all of a sudden behind him, what's your hurry, mister? You'll die soon enough. And it's Len. And he goes, the platinum's not worth killing for, Len. And he goes, Bill's my friend. And he's kind enough to cut me in. I do have my share. I have to do my share. Now move. Captain Canuck does a block. Gun shoots in the air and he punches him in the throat. And then he punches him in the face. And he goes, amateurs. Knocks him out. Sounds like Glenn got the guy in the Santa Claus suit, eh, Bill? He, he did say, eh. Hey. It wasn't me making fun. Of course he did. Now get back to your window and keep that policewoman pinned down so so he can finish her off. So basically what they were going to do is they're trying, Len was supposed to sneak up and shoot the cop. But Captain Canuck breaks into the room. The village person and Rick James is tied up to the side of the bed. And oh my God, it's Tom. Why do you wear a mask? Everybody knows who you are, Captain Canuck. I don't understand. So, you know, they they have to tell the whole story of why. And uh, he goes, well, at least you're going to be buried in your pretty ballet suit. And he says, you'll die with me, Bill. The fire's almost on us. Can't you hear the roar of the fire? And suddenly then Rick James just, I don't know if it's the power of cocaine, but Nick James, Rick James, <laughs> Nick James, his younger brother. No, Rick James just pushes up. He's all tied up, man. He pushes up and he kicks with his feet and he knocks the gun out of the out of the the dude Bill's hands. And uh, Captain Canuck dives across him and they both go out the window and fall to the street. And uh, the captain shakes himself and rises, but Bill remains on the ground, broken and moaning. And his brothers, Bill. And all of a sudden, the cop, the policewoman, the slutty-looking policewoman, is behind it. Don't try it, Sonny. You okay, Captain? Never better, but I think it's time to leave as the fire comes over the horizon. Minutes later, Boyko talked. He had the doll stashed in some meat locker. You, you. The same meat locker you used for the body. Neat. You mean he's still alive? Rats. There's no time for joking. If that copter didn't wait, we're all dead. So they're running. They're trying to run out of town. They're running, they're running, they're running. And then... Boom! From behind him, there goes the gas station. And, uh... Captain Canuck says, Give me Boyko, we'll make better time. And he throws him over his shoulder. And, uh, they're running through. And then finally, they get... They meet to on a hill where... There is, uh... The fire hasn't got to him yet. And over the horizon is the helicopter. And it's starting to land. And they are saved... And uh, Sally says, you know, Captain, I'm going to have to inform my superiors about you. I have no choice. 
And Captain Canuck says, Don't worry, Sally. Tell them everything you know, and I'll be getting in touch with them in person within a few months. I'm going to have to start making a name for myself. And that's how it ends. And then he, he looks at the camera and he says, Now go Canuck yourself. No, he didn't say that. And that was number 14 of Captain Canuck. If you would like to get a hold of me, you can email me at Salvo D-O-N-N-Y-S-A-L-V-O. I'm sure you're sick and tired of me telling you this, at yahoo.com. And uh, like I said, let me know how you feel about the show and all this other stuff. Anything that's on your mind. You want to talk? Email me. It's okay. Thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you next time. Peace out. What were you expecting, a visit from the Tooth Fairy?